Hello, you are now listening to the Stoke Hub podcast. Hey up and welcome to the Stoke Hub podcast. We are joined, as usual, by now by Elliot Yates and a new special guest from the YOY Files, Ben Rowley. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Uh, yeah, it's good to be on here, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, mate. Uh, lockdown's not very well, but we've got to do what we've got to do. Um, <laughs> so, Jack isn't here. He's, he'd probably join halfway through. But for everyone listening on Twitch, there probably won't be many of you because Instagram is down. I don't know if it still is. It's probably not. But um, yeah, today we'll be discussing the topic of waste grounds, waste away days, surprising results and best grounds. And then we'll be going on to questions about Ben and all that he does. Uh, So we'll start off with waste grounds that you boys have been to. Uh, We'll start with uh, Elliot. Go on. Uh, What's the waste ground you've been to, Elliot, and your experience with that? Um, it's been a few. Um, most surprising, like worst ground I thought there would be was Villa Park. I thought Villa Park was a bit of a dump in the in the concourse. It's I don't know if you've been there as well, Ben, but it's literally like a prison cell in there. Mm. Um, I think I don't. I wasn't very pleased about that. One that will probably surprise a lot of people is probably Anfield as well. That's not great either. Mm. Like I mean. Yeah, I be- the thing is, I believe the Anfield hype, the Anfield atmosphere was great. And then as soon as you get there, you realise it's they just sing at the beginning and they don't really sing throughout. And we were winning as well, so they weren't really singing at that point either during the game. Uh, so those are the, probably the ones that stand out to me. And then um, those are probably ones that stand out to me in that respect. Mm, uh, ben, what about you? What's the worst, uh, worst ground that you've been to on an away day? See, I've been quite lucky, really. I've not been to that many bad grounds, I guess, because we've been in the Premier League and a lot of grounds in the Premier League are good. Uh, I'd I'd agree with Elliot in a sense that Anfield is disappointing uh, in a sense that the atmosphere that we sort of associate with Anfield isn't there. The stadium is very, very impressive. Of course it is. Um, but I've been to Anfield a couple of times and I guess it's because they're playing us and realistically, who cares? Um, but <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, in terms of atmosphere, they were disappointing. Um, if we're going to talk about the ground itself, I, it's difficult because I've been to uh, Stamford Bridge, been to Old Trafford, been to Goodison Park, been to mm. Leicester's ground, um, at Derby was all right as well. I've been to quite a few, really. Um, but Burton's was really small. Um, yeah. They 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 probably, definitely when they were in the championship, anyway, were sort of due for an upgrade. Um, and then Vale Park, obviously, was half finished. I went to Vale Park as, not a Stoke fan, actually. Uh, I went as a Oxford United, not supporter. Uh, I got family in Oxford, and oh. I went in there away, and... Uh, and yeah, Vale Park could, if it's not already, could do with being finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not the best. I, uh, I went to the under, I think it was the under twenty threes game last season. Was it last season? Yeah, I went as well. Yeah, yeah, 
and where we smashed their toilets up. But uh, <laughs> I hope you boys were well behaved down there. I was. I wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Don't, don't want to incriminate ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, but talk about worst grounds that I personally that I've been to. Uh, I've, I've, as again, uh, I've been to quite a few, not too much in the Premier League, but when we've been down in the Championship, so I've saw the fair few of them, especially in pre-season. I did go to uh, to Prenton Park, which wasn't the best. Uh, yeah, Tramia. Uh, I also went to Walsall, I think. I don't know. I can't remember what season it was, but that wasn't I the best either. Well, mm. Yeah, and um, uh, QPR and the Den, that, they aren't the best either. It's just the seating room, to be fair. They're just just not as um, as accessible as most stadiums as they go but yeah um, most most grounds in the championship are due for an upgrade anyway to be fair um, yeah but in terms of the away day like the day as a whole uh, what would be your worst or most disappointing one to them uh, we'll go to Ben oh Christ um, so I went to Old Trafford when it, we lost 3-0. Pretty sure that was our relegation season. Uh, mm. And I sat in the home end because that was the only <laughs> that was the only way I could get a ticket. I, I sort of scrounged one off my mate who lived in Manchester and sort of had not corporate seats, but uh, the business that he worked for had some tickets going. Mm. Um, and, and we sat at the home end listening to a load of tourists cheering for three <laughs> goals that nobody cared about. <laughs> um, so yeah that that was in terms of the away day that was pretty bad we did go to Weatherspoons afterwards though um, pretty sure probably I probably made it a bit better yeah pretty yeah. sure I had a plate of chips and a, and a pint afterwards or something yeah <laughs> but yeah that that was that was a pretty disappointing away day yeah uh, what about you Ellis? Um similar to Ben really being in the home end um, I've got a mate who's a West Brom fan and um it was the season where he'd just gone down. It was the um, 2-0 against West Brom. Well, West Brom won 2-0 against us. And I remember being in the home end, sat with him, being so pissed off with the entire team. Like, and I couldn't <laughs> vent my frustration at them. We had um, Dwight Gale scored, and it was an, ama- it was an amazing goal. But I, I just thought it was bad defending. I couldn't vent my frustration. So I had to clap. So I had to clap, and that was that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> then Benicophobi missed a penalty, oh. <laughs> and that was even worse. Yeah. And then um, Dwight Gale scored again. Like, oh for God's sake! And then um, Eric Peters scored an absolutely brilliant goal, which I should have been cheering for, but it was like the ninety-fifth <laughs> minute of six minutes added time that I couldn't actually celebrate. Um, so that was bad, and he rubbed it in my face throughout the whole train journey back as well. So that was probably my worst one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that probably would be quite uh, would be quite sick. And to be fair, to be sitting at home and fortunately, I haven't actually had to sit in a home end yet. But the the worst away dad I probably would have been on is probably one of my first away days. To be fair, and it was against Leicester in the I think it was the season we went down when Jack basically cost us the game. Uh, Shaq scored oh, yeah. to make it 1-0 and then they went 2-1 up. Yeah, that was probably mm. the worst because the the coach uh, journey home was terrible. I f- yeah, and it, I pretty much nearly died. That was cool. But uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't the best. But I think, I, I just think, also we had a bet on it and if Butland didn't make that mistake, I would have won 70 quid. So it, oh. yeah, <laughs> pretty much adds to it. But uh, we'll go on to surprising results. And 
I'm not too sure what it means by surprise. I would say surprising in terms of the team, I'd probably say. But uh, we'll go to you, Elliot. What in terms of, I'm guessing it's talking about away days uh, that mm. you've been on. Well, it's kind of like the reverse thing I talked about with my mate. And it's kind of, this was kind of like the day when I re- when once I was talking about the um, game with West Brom, we won 2-0. Dwight Gale was amazing. I thought, next time Stoke beat them, I'm going to get him back so badly. And uh, we played West Brom midweek this season and, Ca- and Campbell scored. And we won 1-0. It was the, that was probably the most surprising result. And also, I've got to rub it in my mate afterwards, which was even better. <laughs> like, karma really hit him hard. Um, the Wembley one, obviously, the 5-0. Mm. That stuck out in my mind. Uh, what else was there? Um, Barnsley was good for two, yeah. and the uh, Everton one when Bojan scored. I think that was oh, quite yeah. a surprising result because that's when I realised. Like my dad always said to me, like someday Elliot Stoke will be like the new Everton, and I was like, and this was in the Pulis area, and that was the day where I actually thought, you know, that could actually probably that could happen. So that was really surprising for me. There It was when Bojan mm. scored that penalty. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. In terms of surprising, I'd probably say uh, the Everton game as well. The four-three. I, I mm. was fortunate enough to go to that one when Arnie got that penalty in the 90th minute, which we probably didn't deserve. But yeah, I don't think it was a penalty. But it was a good result. Hosselu getting his first goal. For, I think it was his first goal for Stoke and Shakiri getting his two goals for us uh, with that with that goal. I don't know if it was a it was a cross, or I don't know what went on there, but yeah, he liked to think he meant it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just say he meant it. But yeah, that was probably one of the most surprising ones for me. Uh, what you, what's yours, Ben? Um, so unfortunately, I don't. There might be only one uh, away day where I've seen Stoke win, and that I think that was Derby in the cup years ago. I don't even remember the score it might have been 2-0 or something like that um but in terms of surprising results I did go to Birmingham away in the cup uh which was 4-4 uh I think Asadi scored uh I want to say Anatovic scored but I'm not 100% sure yeah um we won on penalties in the end um but it was surprising just because I think it went 3-3 before it went to added time, and then we both scored in added time, and each time I was convinced that Stoke were going through, like, yeah, yeah, we're cruising this, and then Birmingham just kept coming back, and uh, mm. and and just wouldn't go away, so, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've got to say, in terms of surprising, that game surprised me, but probably for not the reason you you'd think, I guess. Yeah, and probably in terms of surprising results, everyone is to their own, to be fair, because it's probably, once you do go on an away day, it's probably most the personal uh, personal level to it. And I, I haven't been to that many. I've probably been to about nine or ten away days, I think. But but yeah, that as you say, that Birmingham game, I, I didn't go to it. But yeah, it sounds... I think, I think I may have watched it, actually. I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, we'll go... On to, well, I was going to say we'll go and ask Ben questions about the why, why, why. But before that, we'll go on to best grounds we've been to. Uh, Elliot, do you want to go first? Well, it's obviously a standout as Wembley Stadium, which is the home of football. So I'll say that I haven't been to an away day at this stadium. I've been to the ground as a whole. I went to the Etihad Stadium to see a concert, but we were in like the away end of where 
uh, where the away end would be for the when we were sitting down. And I just thought mm. to myself, like, imagine like sitting in this seat and watching Jufi score the winner or something. So <laughs> I think you could once you get the whole ground around you, I think that's a very good ground. The one that surprised me, Ashton Gates, a very nice ground. I found mm. like, Ashton Gates good. Old Trafford's good as well. Like you can see, we talked about this with me and Ben pre podcast, and you can see like when you go into Old Trafford, just like how Man United fans are in awe of it because it's massive. So those will be probably my four standouts as being like the best grounds I've been to supporting Stoke. Mm. Um, I I can't quite think of mine to be fair because best grounds, obviously me not going to that many away days, they've all been in the championship. But mm. I think Pride Park wasn't that bad. I think Pride mm. Park was quite decent. Mm. Um, yeah. The result was terrible, but yeah, <laughs> it was quite a nice ground. It yeah, you said Leicester as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Leicester, I'll tell you what, the King Power Stadium is bloody amazing. But yeah, it was it was quite a long time ago. But as of recently, I, it would probably be Pride Park. But it did tear me up seeing Rooney score that free kick. Yeah, <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, that would probably be it. Uh, what about you, Ben? Um, so I'd sort of echo what Elliot said and the fact that um, places like Old Trafford, Anfield, just impressive mm. establishments, really. Uh, the same for Stamford Bridge. Even though you, you can't drink uh, because the concourse is outside or something daft like that. I don't know if that's just in the away end or what, but that, that was... That was really, really bizarre. Um, but but in terms of the stadium itself, very impressive. I know they were on about moving. I don't know whether they've still got that plan, but fair enough. Um, yeah. And then Leicester as well. So I, is that the game where Tyrese made one of his yeah, first but appearances? Made his debut. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, and he nearly scored, didn't he, a couple mm-hmm. of times. Uh, yeah, I, I was there for that day as well. Uh, it, it, you're right, really impressive stadium. The, the concourse is huge. Like yeah. it's this massive thing, um, and and it, it was a decent walk from the train station, and mm. uh, and and it was just a good game as well. From from what I remember, like, um, yeah, a, a, a nice away day crowd to be in. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the uh, the highlight of the game probably for me at half time, just after Shakiri scoring, uh, the the uh, we got the fire extinguisher and started uh, chucking that around. That was. <laughs> Yeah, that was quite good to be fair. But yeah, um, what's that? Oh, sorry, I was going to say. Um, ben said um, Anfield has been like his best ground. That would have been the best ground, but it's only, like one of the best grounds I've been to. But it's only because they had this. They had the poles at the time. I don't know if they got rid of them now, but that was really bad in terms of like restricting my view. So I don't know if that was um, a factor. I don't know if you had that same problem, but that would have been the best one of the best grounds I've been to. I'm only if sure my view the wasn't poles restricted. Are still there because I think. Um, when I went, you could buy restricted view seating, and it was like a pound cheaper, but you had a pole in the way. And I thought, what? The? Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. For a club of that stature as well, I just I thought it was a bit surprising that they still yeah, had poles on the ground. Um, yeah, um, I think when Ben touched on uh, this, the the uh, the weird policies about having a pint in the concourse, I think it was uh, on the last podcast. I think Elliot was on about I can't remember who it was now. It might have been West Brom not allowing the away fans to. Uh, to use card was it? I can't quite. Yes, remember. they yeah. West Brom's ground didn't allow us the away fans to um, pay by cash. It was only by card, and I left my card at home. <laughs> that's why I was stuck. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a bit of a. I think I think they just do that on purpose to be fair. Just, <laughs> just tear into the away fans. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the chat and the Twitch chat, obviously, this is live. People give us questions. We've got a question, but we'll go on to that at the end. Uh, we'll go on to Ben being being our guest. He, as you should know by now, it's pretty big, the YYY files. Uh, I actually went on it last, I think it was last week, and I think Elliot's been on it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah yeah uh, it's on uh, give us give us the platforms Ben I, I forgot what it's <laughs> okay I forgot what it's on yeah on. yeah so just give yourself um, a little promo okay so I guess for anybody that that doesn't know the YYY files are basically Stoke City stories and they're told by you lot Stoke fans uh, the idea is each each podcast episode I interview a, a new Stoke fan they often volunteer themselves sometimes I. I chase down uh, a few that I've got my eye on, but but a lot of people are, are just Stoke fans and they volunteer and, and they talk about their experiences, uh, their their journey following Stoke, their opinions about the club, um, and and it's mostly just a just a different positive experience. Um, we talk about all sorts of things though, like we've had a had a guy called Tony come on, he talks about his mental health. Uh, we have we've had Elliot Hackney come on, and he talks mm-hmm. about social media. Uh, we've had guys from Norway, Australia. There's a guy coming in from South Africa who I'm talking to. Um, we've had I've had Nigel Johnson on the podcast talking about his 50 years following Stoke, um, and and it's just really varied. No two episodes are the same. Um, mm. If you're talking about where to find it, um, pretty much everywhere: <laughs> SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Castbox the the works really i I think a lot of the time these podcasts find them on apple Podcasts and duplicate themselves elsewhere probably the only place that i haven't uploaded it to is youtube um i'm thinking during this time off i might uh cut these podcasts up into highlights and stick them on youtube uh i'll see if i've got the time over the next couple of weeks to do that um but yeah they're yeah. pretty easy to find if you want to find us um at the yyy files on social media um, I'm sure these guys will drop a link somewhere at some point yeah. to that. Um, yeah, they'll all be they'll all be if we I think we do put them on YouTube. Well, we used to. I'm not sure if we do now, but if we do, they'll be in, they'll all be in the description and things like that. And even right. in Spotify, they'll be in the they'll be in the description. But uh, we'll go on to like personal questions about the YYY files. Uh, well, obviously, you don't have a favorite, but what would you say was the most interesting one uh, so far? Because obviously, we know the ongoing and people you know they stop and start whenever people feel like they need to uh, share their story but um what would you say was the most surprising one most interesting one in a way oh it's it's really difficult because you as you said i don't have a favorite because everyone is completely different like they're 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 so different um Nigel johnson was obviously really really good he he was just so knowledgeable about stoke and and how to get into sort of the media business i thought that was excellent um elliot hatney for a first guest was brilliant uh dave from the wizards of drivel talking about his podcast was great um i've had you two on you know two two young stoke fans talking about their experience i thought that that was great as well um I had a guy called lewis on uh he's he's based in coventry um and he's a dual fan so he's also a fan of coventry city um and he sort of Fought his corner about why he's allowed to support two teams, and actually, if you listen to him, he, he's he's absolutely bang on. Like he explains it so well. He he loves Stoke and he's a Stoke fan, but because he's so far away, like he he feels like he needs to get his football fixed sometimes, so he goes to see Coventry, and it it works out. Um, 
there's 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 just too many. They're they're, they're all so interesting in their own way. I I, I can't really single too many out. Um, Everyone yeah, surprises um, me as well because a lot of them it's 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 their first podcast. Like uh, I think with you guys probably as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah, like, mine. Yours is my first podcast. Exactly right. So you've you sort of both come on almost unscripted and talked about your stories ever so well. And I think every every fan that comes on does themselves so proud. Like they they're all anxious and nervous about the beginning because they're putting their voice on the internet for everyone to hear. But to be honest, it like you're talking about yourself and your story with Stoke. It's the easiest thing in the world to talk about. Mm, yeah, um, and I'd not. I think there's been twenty. Four files, as they correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty three. We've had a couple of specials. Twenty fours on the way. I'd like to say early next week. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so... there's there's a fair few to listen to if you if you're bored in isolation. I think they're between like an hour and too long. So you've got to go and get some uh, go get some snacks or a drink or something to sit it out because <laughs> they are long. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. If if I could throw in my personal favourite, obviously you don't have one, but. I, I was re I was re listening to them all the other day and I just realised how much how interesting the one about the I think her name was Fred, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frederick. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That was I found that really interesting, just the fact that, you know, Stokies or they don't most of the people that come on your podcast aren't even based in Stoke and I just find that you know what I mean? Yeah, it's insane. It, it it it's fantastic how there's so many Stoke fans, not just all around the country, but around the world as well. Um, I did like a little post the other day on Twitter, and uh, and I found out that uh, the Wild Wild Files has been listened to in 41 different countries. And like, I think, how the hell? Like, not like not only are they Stoke fans, but they managed to find this little podcast on the internet and listen to it. Like, I, I mean. Fair play, like, um, mm. yeah, it's like, crazy. We've yeah. gone global, like, Stoke mm. City has officially gone global, and it's brilliant, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think it is, it is crazy that it was, uh, it was Frederica from Norway, I think. Norway, uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and there's so, like, me and Elliot were mentioning before, like, there's yeah. so many Stoke fans in Norway, like, they are the support. Was it Liverpool you said, Elliot? Like, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, there's a famous on, band from Norway. There's a famous band from Norway, and they went on Soccer AM once, and they said, "Are you so you do support?" And they said, "We support Stoke." And I was like, "Really?" They went, <laughs> "Yeah, everyone in Norway either supports um, Stoke or Liverpool." But there's um, you know, we said on, this, on our podcast, we went. My dad found out when we were on holiday in Gozo, which is an island off Malta, which is probably closest to Malta is probably Italy. If no one knows where Malta is, um, my dad found um in the middle of nowhere this pub that is dedicated to stoke city in malta yeah just in the middle of nowhere we watched um united against stoke when onotovic scored that um free kick and everyone went mental in this pub in the middle of nowhere because stoke had scored it was brilliant yeah and it's probably like some instances like i went to Greece, I think, and as they were playing, I think it was it was one of our preseason games. I just went into a random pub and they were playing one of our preseasons game. It's it's just it's madness. You go you go anywhere in the world, and I, well, I guess they'll know who Stoke are. And it's even with Ben's podcast, it's just well known. You know, I mean, as you said, forty I think forty one different countries that mm. the Wild Wild Files has been listened in, and I think 
I think that's just it's brilliant because it you know it Globe and Stoke and just to anyone that wants to listen to Stoke or people's people's experiences on Stoke it's just it's you know it's obviously it's brilliant for that and yeah um, we'll go on to another question about the YYY files um, talk talk us through the pro, you know the process of if you starting it up and you know just all well, starting it up oh blimey so um, I've I've been I suppose you want to call it fan media maybe for quite a while um, I, I from about I want to say eight years ago I've been ranting on Twitter about Stoke um, and then I decided to turn my rantings into sort of blogging and I posted for a couple of websites like 4231, Wizards of Dribble um, then moved on to the Bear Pit who I know that uh, Elliot's reporting for now Yeah, um, I was there for a couple of years uh, did a couple of their live shows did YouTube videos, was on their podcasts um, and, and, and that was great um, but I wanted a sort of platform of my own uh, for, for, for loads and loads of different reasons. Um, w- one of those being just because <laughs> the content I make is is up to me, I guess. It's up to me when I make it. Um, it it's up to me how long I do it for and what have you. And it, 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 It's just my project. So um, mm. the process of starting it up, I had the idea of talking to Stoke fans for a long time. Um, mm. Luckily, I had most of the equipment and a lot of experience from being on those platforms beforehand um, and then a lot of it was sort of self-learning like how to make a podcast how to make your audio sound half decent how to distribute that onto SoundCloud and then onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts and whatever uh, how to make a website how to advertise that properly on social media how to get people interested to uh, apply and uh, be on the podcast in the first place and and all all sorts of things and then to be honest it it's just sort of maybe grabbing yourself by the cojones and just doing it you know like mm. like make that website make that first podcast launch that social media page and 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 just sort of press the big red button and do it i guess mm. um and and it started sort of um may last year it i I sort of started doing it in January behind the scenes and I was sort of leading my way up to, I wanted to do it by the end of the season, ready for off-season content. And I was building my way up, building my way up slowly. And then I realised there was two weeks of the season left. And I was like, crap, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get this game on here. I want to do something. So I made the website in a day. Um, got a podcast in a week. Luckily, I'd worked with Elliot Hackney beforehand. He was a great first guest. He was willing to be on. Um, had a decent following on my own personal social media so I could get the word out about the project before it even went live and yeah that's the thing really it it takes time it takes mm. takes a bit of planning I think if you want to get this sort of stuff right you can't just throw yourself into it it's worth getting some experience behind you uh, knowing exactly what you want to do and, and something that's fun at the end of the day I, I don't yeah. do this because it makes me money it make, like I lose a lot of money doing this <laughs> I lose a lot of time as well but but it's just just good fun i guess yeah yeah and you've appeared on sky multiple times mm. you? yeah and yeah. i just i'm no i you know what i mean i i was really surprised because i was like i know him from somewhere <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah it, it just talk us through that because that i i reckon that's mental honestly oh so it's crazy but so where have i been uh i've been on sky uh, been on Reuters, uh, LiverpoolFC.com, uh, 
uh, loads, loads of different places popping up. Um, and it is more of a case of who you know um, rather than mm-hmm. what you know and how successful your platform is. Um, so, for example, I'd like, I won't mention it who it is just in case it gets absolutely bombarded, but there's a, uh, a guy in the championship who runs a fan page and uh, he works for Sky. Um, and so we've collabed with him in the past and he's gone, hi, do you fancy doing some bits for Sky? And I was like, oh, yeah, go on. Um, and you'd be surprised at how um, it's not unprofessional, just how easy it is to set these things up. It's done over WhatsApp. Uh, you send emails in, you record clips off your phone and send them into him. You record voice notes on your phone and send them mm-hmm. into him. And it's just sort of done for you. And by the time you know it, you're on the tally. And it, it, it's just amazing these days how it happens. Um, yeah. I, I guess I just got lucky, but it, I, I guess if anybody wants to get into it in the first place, just do stuff. Just 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 keep doing what you're doing, and eventually something will drop for you. Because it, it certainly wasn't my ambition to be on Sky. Like, I, to be honest, like it's it, it's really good to be on there, but I care more about what I do on my platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but these these opportunities will will just sort of swing around, like uh, like today. Uh, the guy from Sky asked me, oh, like, who who is your player of the season for Stoke?" And I said, "Sam Clucas. And and I said, "Why?" Um, uh, and before you know it, I'm on the website, and the Sentinel have tweeted about it. Then Stoke Loud and Proud have tweeted out <laughs> that that story. And 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 for some reason, because I've been on this podcast now, and my name is probably rung around more in the Stoke City media than than it should have done. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I to be honest. I, in answer to your question, I don't know how it happened, uh, but 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 I'm really thankful for the fact that you know fans get a voice. I think that's part of what I do with why 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 in the first place. Like fans deserve a voice. Every every fan, you know, it, it's very easy for a pundit to to sit there, read a couple of stats, watch five minutes of a Stoke game, and then pretend they know it all about Stoke. The ones that know it all about Stoke are us lot, um, and we should have any speaking and opinion rights over any any pundit, I think. Um, and it's nice that people like Sky and the club are, are sort of coming around to that idea. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's spectacular, you know, pod, pods and people in the Stoke, like just on Twitter and people who've built themselves up, I think it's, I think it's crazy that, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. they're shared around and... They've been on, as you said, on the Sentinel, all the big Stoke pages. It's it's just mental how how quick like people can grow in media these days. And oh, it's, it's amazing! Yeah, like it's... if if we go for the big ones like Stoke Loud and Proud, mm. Bear Pit TV, they're the they're the media clout. You've got Oatcake and Duck Magazine. You know they were your proper fanzines. You've got uh, <laughs> you've got cartoonists like Joe Barbieri, Wayne Bailey, Topher Knowles. Mm. Uh, you you've got platforms like this, like Stoke Hub, like Not FM, uh, I like this. There's there's so many more that I can't think of off the top of my head. It's really annoying me because they all deserve a mention. You know what I mean? Like there's Wizards there's, of Drivel, Wizards of Drivel, who of course yeah. are, are another fantastic podcast. You know, possibly the the most successful podcast. Uh, you like you've even got the Parkers podcast now. Like we we've got so much fan media about and. You're right. It, it's because we've got a fan base that really does care. Mm, yeah, definitely. And 
it's it's yeah, as 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 I say, it is it is crazy and there's that many fan pages. You, it and they're all different in their in their own mat, I would say, because yeah. everyone's formatted differently. Like the YYY files is quite unique because the fact mm. that I mean, you know, just any Stoke fan, it doesn't matter who they are, who you know what I mean, if they're in Stoke or not, they can just go on and talk about their Stoke City experiences and I think that's it's brilliant. So yeah, um, if you don't mind, we will go on to the questions that have been given on our Instagram. If, if you boys don't mind, um, <laughs> yeah, go with that. Yeah. Go with it. Um, so, uh, who, which one should we go for? Right, underscore Jamie Merrill underscore says, who should we sign in the summer? Now, oh, this is a bit of a hard one because we don't know when the season's resuming. We don't know what's happening, but. Ben, we'll go for you first. Where do you think the team needs to be improved? And obviously, the left back one's quite, quite a you know, diverse situation. But what do you reckon? Who should we sign whenever oh. the season resumes? See, that's the thing. Um, like I've I've come to a point with Stoke now where I don't even know names of people that we could sign anymore. Um, it's 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 really tough because there's some names that I see and I think. Who the heck's he? Like, I like I I didn't see Jordan Thompson coming. He, like, he's coming and done very well. Don't get me wrong, um, mm. but it it's it's amazing the contrast between him and then I I think back to the first days in the championship when we signed like Afobe and Ince and uh, just just big names. Nick Powell even this summer just gone. Like, you know, must have been hot property and. Uh, like I, I can't believe that that we're signing players of such a broad range of awareness. I guess that's the harsh way of putting it. Like, um, so in terms of names, I really don't know who who we should go for. Uh, a left back, I think, is the absolute priority. Yeah. You're right. Um, we we don't have one for a start. Um, I, I I think if Michael O'Neill was in charge. Before, I don't think we'd have sold Peters, um, no. but there we go. Um, you could argue striker because if Tyrese gets injured, then I, I I'd like to think that Vokes and Gregory aren't getting any younger, and they're and they're going to decline from what they are already. Now, I'm not saying they're bad strikers, but you know, if if we're about improving the squad, I I certainly think there's room for improvement there. Um, we've moved to more of a winger system now. And I know we've got people like Valinden, who was really unlucky with injury. Uh, but but look what happened with uh, like him and McLean both out injured, and then we had no winger, and we've had to put Nick Powell out there. So I I think definitely some wingers. Um, and then it's sad, but it depends on the state of Ryan Shawcross. You know, mm. um, if if he's injured, like yes, we've got some fantastic youth players. Look at Nathan Collins, who we could bring in. Harry Souter coming back from loan as well. Um, so you could argue that we could drop them in, but do we drop them in alongside Danny Barton experience? I I wouldn't. Um, I I think Liam Lindsay's got some potential, um, but for me, if 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 Shawcross is to retire through injury, I'd like to think that's not the case. But if he does, um, then I'd like to think a, a properly solid centre back signing. Maybe that is James Chester. I know he's been a bit. Uh, Stoke fans aren't sure of him uh, but he's out of contract in the summer uh, so whether we bring him in permanently instead but uh, 
And I guess it depends who we sell. Depends if Alan goes, Klukas goes, Butland goes, <laughs> any of our best players goes, we're going to need to replace them. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's very uncertain times because no one knows who's going to go and who's going to come in, as you say. But, in, Elliot, um, in terms of names or just any position, as Ben said, that we need to strengthen on, what would you say? Um, definitely the left-back situation, 100%. Uh, that's been a problem for since we sold Eric Peters. We've tried McLean there. That hasn't worked. I don't think O'Neill would have tried McLean there had he been in charge to start the season. Uh, there was a lad called McKenna going around. I've heard Scott good things McKenna. about him. Scott McKenna from uh, Scottish Premiership. There's also a lad called Mendy going around. Not the Benjamin Mendy from Man City, so in case someone <laughs> gets excited. Um, some lad in the Norwegian League. But apparently he's meant to be quite good. Um uh, it depends really if, um, like he said, if Butland goes, which he could go. There was rumours of Joe Hart, but I'm not too sure I want to see him in a Stoke kit. Stoke no. kit. That'll be bad for FFP as well. So uh, I would sign Chester permanently, though. That's what I would do. My 100% would be signing James Chester permanently. I think some Stoke fans are a bit wobbly on, on that, though, because he's put in some half decent performances, like his his home debut and I think that was just his debut as a whole he was decent I think he was against Charlton he wasn't that bad mm. but and then we go on to as we talked on last week the Luton game he was terrible and I think it, that's with any centre-back to be fair they vary on performances but I think I'd probably go into buy him as a pair as well because I think he's looking to leave Villa so just we take players that are on loan if we can buy them because yeah. we've had many players that were on loan at us like Shane Duffy who weren't good enough I've no idea why we bought Shane Duffy I won't lie Mark Duffy <laughs> sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong Duffy if we'd have had Shane sorry, Duffy so, we might have been alright actually <laughs> I apologise but yeah Mark uh, Duffy I tell you what though we've, we've got a lot of players out on loan now I know a, a lot of those we're basically writing off but O'Neill especially those that are loaned out in the summer rather than in the winter um, O'Neill might like the look of those players. Um, mm. So Very too tall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it it could all depend on whether Badu and Die decides. You know, okay, I don't mind sticking out in the championship for another year or something. I, I, our squad is massive. Bauer, like everyone's forgot about him. Like, could he yeah. come and do some business? You'd you'd probably argue no. But who? I've seen weirder things from Stoke in the past. Yeah, yeah, and as you say, it does depend on the players out on loan. But I really don't reckon we'll get to see doing Die and Peter Etebo in the Championship again. I no. really hope so, honestly, because Etebo was was absolutely brilliant from you know just the whole season we had him. And I really don't know what's going to happen because obviously you touched on financial fair play. And I don't know how we're going to resolve that because we might end up having to sell some of those players like Bowie and, and Die. But I we don't might even I, have a transfer. Vimmer, yeah, yeah, Vimmer as well. But I, I don't know about Morris Bowie to be fair because I don't know what's. I don't know if he's been good for Celtic or. I'm he's not had, too sure. Yeah, but there's been questions of his attitude basically, and I think do we really want that going into the side with these good lads coming through no, oh, that's, no why we, that's why we that's why we got rid of Mbula in the first place so mm-hmm. could be that could have been the same yeah. for Eric Peters 
Mm. I think our, our squad in the past has just had a massive problem with attitude because every player we seem to bring in that now is either on loan or gone has had an attitude problem like Saida Berahino and mm. Bula and players like that. We touched on them. But yeah, I think attitude's a massive problem and that's why we send them out on loan to yeah, take Bula, for example. He's he's gone to the depth of Russia. No one's probably going to ever hear from him again, but <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that bad on his day. But mm. he's just wasted potential. And if they don't want to be at Stoke, then we do the right thing and we ship them off. But yeah, I think I think that's that's got to say on that. Um, we've got a question for Ben on our on our mm. uh, on our Instagram. Uh, Sam underscore one two one three four underscore has asked, "How long have you had a season ticket? If you have one." Um, I first got a season ticket in when I went to uni, which would have been. 2014 so this will be my seventh season ticket that we're coming into next season i guess uh so i've i've i've, I've been quite lucky in that regard I've, I've seen some good times i went to a lot of cup games um when i first started supporting stoke but um i, I was i was too young to be able to uh, justify my own cost for buying a season ticket uh mm. but when my dad uh, dipped under the uh, under the uh, over sixty five bracket, and uh, and I was able to pay for my own season ticket, uh, they were they were more easily persuaded to uh, to go to games. So, yeah, I've got myself yeah. a season ticket. But we've had some bloody good times in those years. Mm. Uh, some yeah. some really crap games as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, quite quite a while. Yeah, especially the Hughes era. To be fair, and this brings us on to our next question. Uh, this will be between everyone, I presume. Uh, best Stoke player of the Prem era is asked on Instagram. So we'll we'll go to Elliot first. Elliot, what's the best Stoke player you saw in in the uh, in the Premier League era? So that's under Hughes and under Pulis. Okay, uh, and under Lambert. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no one in there, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna have to say probably. Got three in mind. Well, one's out of uh, my heart, and that's Bojan, prime Bojan. Mm. Um, yeah. What's it? And Zonzi was brilliant for us. I think that's probably the first world class player I've seen play at Stoke. And Arnautovic as well. Brilliant. Those, those three in particular, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Ben? Um, I'm assuming this isn't favourite players. This is who I think is best. Is the best performing. Um, yeah. Um, I think that I'm going to go with two different answers. I'm going to go for we grew Arnautovic into be a fantastic player. He started off as like a two million pound signing, didn't know where he'd go, bit of an attitude problem, and he grew into a genuinely world class player. Um, and I, I, and I think we developed him into being the best. Uh, but Shakiri, when he arrived. Uh, Peter Crouch has talked about on his podcast how Shakiri scored a hat trick on his training debut and, and a bicycle kick and just blew everybody away. And I think, without a doubt, technically, he's got to be the the best player that we've ever had. Did he grow in the time that he was here? Uh, we might have fixed his calves. <laughs> that, might, <laughs> that, that that might be what we've done. Uh, but but when when he arrived, we know how big a signing that was, and I think everybody was blown away by the fact that we signed someone not of great pedigree, but just for raw ability. Like he he 
shouldn't have been at Stoke. He should have been at someone, you know, bigger potentially. But uh, the Premier League is a big pull for some players, as 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 we know. Uh, and when we're not in the Premier League anymore, um, <laughs> you can see how all the players start to disappear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. has gone off. Um, what's that? I was going to say. Um, that's definitely the thing you talked about in the Premiership. You can see, like now, the players we've been signing have just been. You know, there's not. There's just. I think last season we spent um, from this season to the transfer we spent two million. Mm. Like that's that's it compared to what we were paying for players like Gianni and Bula, which was eighteen million. So mm. you can just tell the differences there have been massive, massive differences. And that's yeah, probably exactly. a fair play as well. Oh, hundred percent. Like, like when when we were definitely towards the back end of our Premier League days, we were spending money for two reasons: one, uh, to try and profit off those players. You look at Mbula; we were probably were looking at selling him for about fifty million if if he turned out to be any good. Uh, obviously, yeah. he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, towards the end, we were panic buying players. You know, like and die as as good as he was, we clearly saw past. What what he thought about Stoke and and mm. we didn't look at the fact that you know if 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 he I like if we went down he clearly wasn't going to stick around or would have wanted to stick around mm. I yeah. I cast my mind back to that Leeds game and just the attitude of him was so appalling yeah. admittedly he he did sort of come around and realise that if he's going to get his move he needs to book his ideas up and start playing and in that second season he he yeah. did pick up. Um, Oh God! That like yeah, yeah it's just that, so that many of them. Game. God, yeah, it's just so many of them. I think the um, it's the contrast between Pulis and Hughes. I reckon because you look at those Pulis players, and that's a massive foundation. And all we really did in this first, the first two years, was um, add a bit more flair to the team, and that was good. And then we just got everyone else with attitude problems. You're talking of your Hessos, your Berahinos, your Vimmers, your Imbulas, your Badoos, and then. You could just see it was so disorganised after that. Even in the championship, look at how, like like we panic with Vokes. I think we panic with yeah. Uh, I think we panic uh, with Ince. To be fair, uh, I, to be fair, maybe not Ince. Ince, but... Ince, Ince was whether he still is is up for debate. Was one of the best players of championships seen in the last decade. Uh, Derby fans will definitely say that. Yeah, definitely when he was at Derby. He was yeah, exactly, was and Derby. and and the club assumed that that was what we'd see. Uh, and to be fair, I the club panicked when we went down and spent was it forty odd million, fifty like, million or something. Yeah, they it was something like one of the most expensive windows for a Championship club of all time. We panicked big time. It wasn't like a panic signing. It was just a panic haul of players coming like right. Mm. All you good players go and do well instantly. Go, and it just didn't happen, did it? Yeah. They've all been mismanaged. That's the thing I think I found with them. Like McLean at left back, it's just under Jones and Wright they've been mismanaged to not play a certain way. Yeah. But we all, not we all wanted passing football. Rowett was not the same. We wanted something. Oh, what was I saying? We wanted something that's um, how do I put it? They've all been mismanaged to. Um, to, throughout the championship and now we've actually got a good manager you can see they've started to perform a little bit more I think mm. you could see what Nathan Jones trying to do with the players like Powell and whatever but he couldn't manage them whereas O'Neill can manage them so yeah yeah 
I, I completely agree. I think the change in managers over the Premier League era, obviously you say there's a change between Pulis and Hughes. There's definitely, obviously, the calibre of players that that, uh, that Pulis brought in. You know, just play, players like that, I think. And it changed during the Hughes era. We signed some, as Ben said, some top-class players like Shaqiri, Arnie, just, you know, just top-class players who Hughes then developed to just be absolute world beaters and some, even the results in the Prem, like we beat City, we beat United, it crazy some absolute, you know, mental football that we were you know, just happy to see because now we could have a, we could have hopefully we'll see the same someday soon, we can hope, we can pray that maybe next season we'll be challenging to get back to the Prem but yeah, um We'll go on to one of the final questions, which is asked in our Twitch chat. Uh, what's your favourite goal that you've seen? I'm presuming this is live. Like, So what's the best goal that you've saw live, either home or away? Uh, we'll start with you, Ben. Oh, God damn it. I was hoping you would come to me first. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with <laughs> Bakuna for Huddersfield. <laughs> who scored an own goal from his halfway line. <laughs> that was an excellent finish. Uh, absolutely top draw. Um, if you want an actual Stoke goal, you're going to have to give me a minute, I think, because right. there's been too many. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, Elliot? The one that's never going to be beaten in my lifetime. Crouchy, Man City. Oh, see, I wasn't there for that. I'm absolutely gutted. I, I saw it on the TV, and it's the only goal I've ever sort of jumped up for. Um, mm. like out, out of my sofa and, and I, I, I just couldn't believe that went in when that was live um, I think in terms of how ecstatic I felt goal Vokes was it uh, no Walters at Wembley to make it 4-0 oh, yeah, he, he, he dragged that ball from the halfway line and scored one of the best goals they said the new Wembley had seen at that time and yeah. but like just watching the highlights back recently uh, just what a fantastic goal that was and you know to to absolutely cement ourselves to going into an FA Cup final and, and that meant Europe as well just a fantastic fantastic goal really important goal mm. yeah I, yeah I think in terms of mine that I've saw live would either be the Etebo one against Blackburn last season. Ooh. That was that was That's a striking right, yeah. off. Or the Klukas one this season against Barnsley. That was yeah, good strike. Yeah, that striking mm. off. And I think and his second one as well. I think it was Klukas' second one where he just it came to him and he just hit oh it. yeah and pinged it didn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. An underrated one, very underrated goal. But mm. yeah, that's that's probably probably uh, one of the two of the best ones that I've saw live. Uh, yeah. we oh, all... oh, oh, can I go, go on. for yeah, um, Nzonzi against Liverpool? Oh, yeah. that, that, that was, was a delicious finish. goal, that was. Yeah, like, completely oh. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Went to that game as really well. is underrated, that yeah. goal. Like, I think, oh, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Yeah, one, yeah. one of the, um, the goals that's made me go like, like insane at a stadium has probably been the Vokes one and this season against Sheffield Wednesday because I was in the booth then that day and we've only I've only really started going to the booth and then this season because I go with my mate and um, you could see like that goal went in from Tyrese and everyone was going like come on we could believe we could do it and then we did it and the whole place I nearly fell over my seat because everyone was just trying to <laughs> yeah, pile on top well. of me it was amazing yeah 
mental. And that that probably one of the best games of the season that I've been to. The Sheffield mm. Wednesday one. That was a spectacular game. I still don't know how we won it. And Vokes, of all people, to score. <laughs> it That's mental. not going to make him a flop anymore, is it? No. It's <laughs> the only time I've ever rated him. And then I think... Before the Luton game, I, I made a tweet and I said, "You watch, folks will score," and he did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, whenever Vokes st- whenever Vokes starts, I always I always think, "Oh no!" and then he scores. Yeah, it's reverse psychology. You see, you say he's not going to score, and he scores. <laughs> That's what you've got to do. Just, just you know, just slag him off for a bit, and he'll score. <laughs> there you go. But we'll go on to the last question, which is probably more a question. It just Stoke Hall bars a whole. It says it's by Josh, somebody who is part of Stoke Hall, who's doing the stream now. Says future plans for Stoke Hall, and I think we'll put this on to Elliot as well because Elliot's very new. He does, he's you know obviously he's been appearing on the past four. But Elliot, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, the Only past, past four, three or four, three yeah. or four podcasts. But I think in terms of me uh, about growing the podcast, I think it'd be making it more well known because I think we're we're only, I'd say, recognised on Instagram because I think on Twitter we aren't probably like the YYY files, the YYY files are recognised on most platforms. So I think we'd grow it, in my opinion, I'd want to grow it like that. But Elliot, if you were to be here for a bit longer, what would you probably say? Uh, wait, what was the question again? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> be more yeah, like- uh, that's, the that's the question the question was what what would you what would you try and improve on the future of Stoke from what you've saw so far? Um, Obviously, you've not, know, been, not... you've not been here so long, so I wouldn't expect you to to put answer it on the spot. But just anything, if you. I don't know. I think um, this like we're doing this sort of subject, which is quite good. So there's, there's no football on at the moment. So um, I think keep that quite. I think like keep the subject like fairly good, and like, even in international breaks, you can talk about. Um, the subjects of um you know going days out or these sorts of things here like we'll probably discuss after this is finished what we could do for the next one so i think that's quite good because I, I mentioned it's almost like the peter crouch podcast then because he always has a subject for a certain um episode so like, ours is away days and he has um that um dressing room episode or that england episode so it's always one thing that you can talk about which I think it's quite good, and it was my idea, so I would say it's quite good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Ben, you, you've um, what would you from what you saw of Stoke Hub so far? Because we try, we try to make it unique as you do with the YYY files. What would you say that we can try and like improve in a way? I guess. Yeah, um, I, I've said on the YYY files when you come on, Harry. Um, this platform's actually gone from strength to strength uh, we all know how this platform was inspired in the first place by the name uh, but, but uh <laughs> just just uh I, I, I one bit of advice i would give uh there's a couple of podcasts out there for stoke fans yeah. um and i'm sure there's a, a variety of different people that listen to it um but one thing i'd, I'd love to see I, I, and i think is really important um is is getting a young group of Stoke fans together. I think you guys are perfectly placed for that. You're all young Stoke fans yourself. And as we enter into the championship and, you know, that that sort of phase now, it's, it's going to be more difficult to, to attract 
younger fans than it would have been in the Premier League. So I think what what you guys could do is is try and engage a lot more of the younger Stoke fan community. However, you guys see fit to do that. Um, I I think sort of chats like this are good, um, but but that's that's what I suggest to you guys. Go and chase the younger Stoke fan because I think uh, the 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 rest of Stoke fan base is 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 pretty well covered. But I think there could be more definitely for for you guys. I think. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think that's what all I think definitely with with you and the YOY files. That's definitely what what you are doing at the moment because. Most most of your guests are quite young Stoke fans. Me and Elliot being being you know two of them, and I think that is really good to obviously you know expand to the Stoke community. And as you say, while we're in the Championship, there needs to be as most young fans as as we can find really. Because I, I think as you mentioned when I did the YYY files, there's going to be you know the old generations of fans will stop supporting Stoke. Mm-hmm. You know, because and they'll be the new generation of Stoke. So, you know, just to interact with them more, I'd say would be would be brilliant. You guys are the um, future, lads. <laughs> uh, yeah, we really, really appreciate that, uh, Ben. If it's all right with you, wrap, are we okay to wrap it up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we uh, we really appreciate having you on. You've been brilliant, mate. Um, yeah, we we appreciate you having having you on, and if obviously if you ever want to come on again, just just, just DM us. <laughs> oh, so. cheers, mate. No, it, it it it's it's nice to be on. Uh, you guys listening, come and check out YOY files if you get the chance during your lockdown. Uh, if you know if you want to come on, let me know. Uh, links are like websites and things happen. Just <laughs> go to the website, you know, and everything's there. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it's nice to be on. I like what you guys are doing, so. Just keep getting better, and I hope to see more of these at the very least. If I'm not on myself, we appreciate it. Everyone listening, go check out the YYY files on all platforms on Spotify, Acast, all all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, this has been the Stoke Hall podcast. And uh, the next episode will probably be out next week or something. You know, during lockdown, but that'll be it. Good Stoke.